Hi there, welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. Now, people that are used to my videos know that I constantly talk about technique, not just because I'm a technique bore, but also because it's quite important to constantly think about what you're doing on the rowing machine. However, today's row is gonna be for anyone that's new to rowing, that's experienced in rowing, and just wants a bit of a technique kind of catch up. Because what I'm gonna do is we're gonna row for 50 minutes, but through that whole 50 minutes, maybe with the odd diversion, version, um, I'm going to go through a walkthrough of technique. Now we're going to start off the first kind of 10 minutes or so, I'm going to go on a very global view. So if you're a new rower, hopefully within that first 10 minutes, you're going to get the basics on how to row on a rowing machine, what the technique should be like, okay? And then as you keep coming back to this workout and you're able to row for longer, you'll get more of that deep dive into the specific parts of each part of the rowing technique, okay? So how are we going to do it? Well, it's a 50-minute row, and just to make things a little bit more interesting than just sitting here for 50 minutes, we're going to alternate the stroke rate. So every five minutes, we're going to change between 18 strokes per minute and 20 strokes per minute. Why so low? Well, because it gives you enough time to concentrate on what you're doing for the technique. The moment you get up to kind of 24, 26, 28 and higher, because you're going up and down the rail a little bit faster, you don't really have the time to think about your body position and get it all set up properly for the next stroke. So that's why so low. Now pace, well, if you're new to rowing and you've not really experienced training plans and things, then really all I need you to do is get on the machine and row and just connect and make sure that when I'm saying you should feel the sensation through your arms and through your legs, that you're feeling the sensation and that you're rowing hard enough that your heart rate is up, but not so hard that you can't complete the duration of the row that you want to aim for. If, however, you're one of the regulars and you're used to rowing on a 2K base training plan or training pace, then I want you to go for 2K plus 20 to 22 for the 18 strokes per minute and run about 2K plus 18 to 20 for the 20 strokes per minute, okay? And we're just gonna alternate every five minutes between the two just to keep things a little bit more interesting. Now, as always, we start off with a four minute warm up, and this is gonna take you some of the specific drills to just focus on arms and legs and things, as well as a little bit of just general rowing to get the heart rate up at the beginning. So we start off by setting up our machine. So go to your drag factor first and set that where you want it to be. If you don't know anything about drag factor, what it's used for or where to set it, then please check out the video on the YouTube channel uh, which explains what it's for and some ideas of whereabouts to set it, okay? Next up, go to your monitor and set it at eye height so you don't have to look up and don't have to look down. Obviously, depending on the machine you use, that might not be an option, but if you're on a Concept 2, then this is where to set it. And then finally, the foot straps. Well, you should set it so that the strap covers either the bottom lace on your shoe or if you're in socks like me, they just cover a point in your foot that lets you bend comfortably forwards at the front of the stroke. So for me, in socks, that means four holes showing, but in the, the odd occasion I wear shoes, that means three holes showing, and I'm a size 10, okay? So we're gonna get into our four minute warm up. We're gonna start off at around about 18 strokes a minute at a nice, gentle pace. This is just to get your body moving, so don't worry too much, okay? So here we go then, in three, two, one, let's go. So like I say, just gentle, well not gentle, but I don't want you to gun through this warm-up. Remember, it's a warm-up. You're meant to just be getting your body nice and warm through here, so it may be that you're a little bit stiff, a little bit creaky. I've said before that sometimes I feel as though my back is like the top of a top layer of a creme brulee. How posh am I? And you need to kind of break it up. It's like the a thin layer of ice on top of a puddle. There you go, that's a bit more low rent. But you just need to kind of ease it off and break it up so that your body can move. And that's really what just the first two minutes of this warm-up are about. Just moving a little bit to make sure your body is going to be okay for the main session today. So we're a minute in. I just have a little think about your technique, all I really want you to concentrate on is that you're giving a good hard push with the legs as you drive out from the front of the machine and that your posture is kind of nice and powerful. You're not 
slumped and saggy at the front and you're not collapsing at the back of the stroke either. Just a nice, powerful posture. Not upright like a, like a plank of wood. Just kind of up and at it, ready for each of your strokes. But I'll talk about both of those things in the main row as we go through the technique. Okay, so now I want you to take one foot out of the straps, put it on the ground, and then continue to row with one leg still in the foot straps. Try not to change your body positions or anything. The only difference here should be that you've got one foot on the ground. Right, one more stroke. Let's swap feet. Much easier for me rowing in socks. I know you might still be struggling getting one foot out and one foot in. Don't worry if it means you're only doing 20 seconds of these drills. This just helps with the compression at the front. A little bit of flexibility in your hip flexors and things that may be lacking when both feet are in. One more stroke. Now, both feet in, straight legs, and just row using your back and your arms. So swing over your hips with your back, and then pull in your arms. So no power comes from your legs. You may find as you lean forward, it naturally creates a bend in your knees. That's okay. As long as you're not getting any power out of a leg push. It's all about your back and arms. One more. Now roll to the front of the machine, straight arms, and just push out with your legs. Nice straight arms, this is important. Don't bend your elbows at the front of the machine, nice and straight. Just hit the catch, the point when you pick up the flywheel, or the water drum, or the magnet, whatever you're using. All right. One more stroke. Can we fit it in? Oh, bang on zero. <laughs> All right, there we go. So that's a warm up done. Your heart rate should be up. You should feel nice and loose, ready to go. So have a quick drink. Keep on moving up and down the rail and I'll quickly take off my hoodie and we'll go through it one more time what we're doing today. Okay then, so today's row is a 50 minute row alternating every five minutes between 18 strokes a minute and 20 strokes per minute. But that's not the big thing about today's row. Today's row is that we're gonna be talking about technique as much as possible. I'm gonna top load the first 10 minutes or so with a real overview of the things that you need to think about when you're rowing. And then I'm gonna continue through the rest of the row by breaking each of those elements down to give you a chance to focus on each one of them. And also, this should keep you kind of engaged and motivated through the row. I'm not going to constantly just be technique, technique. I'll talk about a few other things and hopefully uh, just keep you interested. It's a 50 minute row so it goes on for a while so maybe just the droning sound of my, my voice will just kind of keep you linked in, connected and happy as you are rowing along with me. Okay so remember just follow me for the strokes, uh, the stroke rate. I'll call out when we change and then if you just watch or listen to me um, then you will have an idea of when to do your stroke and obviously you should have a monitor in front of you that shows you what your stroke rate is as well. Now pace-wise, remember if you are new to rowing and you've not really thought about your pace, I just want you to make sure to connect with the machine, put in some effort, make sure and work up some sweat and feel as though you're rowing. Or if you're one of the experienced row alongers, if there's such a thing as a row alonger, um, then you're used to be talking about 2k based pace, in which case you're going to be doing 2k plus 18 to 20 for the 20 strokes a minute and 2k plus 20 to 22 for the 18 strokes a minute. Okay, almost got them the wrong way around. So have one last quick drink because we're going to be rowing for the next 50 minutes. Strap back in. Make sure you're happy, your machine's all set up still. Hopefully you won't have adjusted anything since the warm up. And then we are gonna go in three, two, one, let's go. So we're starting off at 18 strokes a minute. Which if you're looking at your counter, works out around about one stroke every 3.3 seconds. 
but as long as you just follow along with me you'll be fine right so then technique now I talk about technique in a very safe way okay so I the things that I talk about are an efficient way to row and also a way that will protect you from injury you'll see other people rowing with various extensions to their technique and you'll see that they are fast as well however some of the more pronounced stroke styles can lead to injury so what I'm going to describe is an efficient way to row and one that will protect you as much as possible from any back strains and forearm strains and things so let's discuss the stages of the stroke first we start off at the front of the machine before the drive here as we approach the front here is known as the catch here then as you push with your feet and the handle connects with the flywheel or the water or the magnet that is the drive because you drive okay drive through the stroke then there's the finish which is the point when the handle comes to a finish against your chest then the, the release which is when you push the handle away from you and then finally the recovery which is when you slide back down the rail towards the front of the machine again ready for the catch and then drive finish release recover catch drive finish release recover I'm not going to do that too often I'm going to run out of breath <laughs> right so the stages of the stroke let's go through them from a body position point of view really quickly so the catch is kind of the most important part of the stroke because that sets up everything that follows and we'll go through the main parts of that body setup and then I'll unpack it all later so first up arms straight as you're in the catch nice straight arms relaxed so relaxed arms relaxed shoulders as you get into the catch okay next your body leans into a one o'clock position so slight lean forwards not a huge lean we're not at three o'clock just a one o'clock primed forwards shins should point vertical so that's all down to how far forwards you slide on the seat so you go forwards enough that your shins are at vertical and finally your posture which I mentioned in the warm-up should be nice and powerful and primed not slumped okay right three more strokes then we're going to go up to 20 strokes a minute okay here we go then 20 strokes a minute one stroke every three seconds you should just see that you end up going one or two seconds faster 
just by increasing the stroke rate. Because remember, over two minutes, you'll be doing four more strokes than you were when you were rowing at 18. So even if you put in exactly the amount of leg pressure as you were at 18, you're taking more strokes. So that should result in a speed increase. Right, so that's arms, body, shins, all described for the catch position. Arms straight, body leaning forward, shins at vertical. There's more to describe at the catch, but I'm not going to give you too much and make it too much uh, overwhelming amounts of information yet. But, so you're in that primed catch position here, and then there's the drive. Now, the drive is all about the legs. So you're in your catch and you push away with your legs. Push the machine away from you. Don't think about sending yourself backwards. Think about your feet pushing the machine away from you. Send it through to next door. But what I want you to concentrate on is trying to hold that forward lean as you do the drive. Even at that connection point, that moment when you hit the flywheel, as long as you can hold that forward lean for a portion of the drive, you're doing well. Ideally, run about half of the leg drive, you should hold that forward lean. But I also want you to have straight arms as you drive with the legs. Keep them straight, okay? Don't bend your elbows too soon and fight against the flywheel. Use your legs to put in the power. So that's the drive. Then the finish. Well, when you're about halfway through the leg drive, I want you to then swing your back over your hips into an 11 o'clock position. And at the same time, that's when you bend your elbows and pull in your arms through your sides, okay? The handle at roundabout sternum height. Next up, we get the release. The release is about the handle. So whatever pace you pull the handle in at, I want you to release it at, at the same pace. So in, out, in, out. And then arms nice and straight again. Body rocks over your hips. Handle is over your knees. And then for the recovery, all you need to do is bend your knees and you slide effortlessly to the front of the machine again without having to put in any extra effort. And it all starts from that release of the handle. Release the handle, rock over your hips, slide. And that is the rowing stroke. And I managed to fit it all in. Bang on, 10 minutes. Celebration. All right, one more stroke. Back down to 18s. So here we go, back down. So slow it down, stroke rate wise. Still put in a similar amount of a 
shove from your legs don't ease off too much you'll probably find you've slowed down by one to two seconds now in the same way that you sped up by one to two when we went up to 20 strokes a minute so that covers all of the kind of ballpark major parts of the rowing stroke now in order of importance what I would say the things to focus on are your back position that forward lean to backwards lean straight arms at the drive and when you then finally finish and then the most important one kind of links into both of them and that is your posture now there's lots that your posture affects on the rowing stroke most importantly your posture affects how much power you get up from your legs through your body and it kind of is what you think about for that body angle so what do I mean by posture well at the front of the stroke catch I need you to be starting to think about more than just the random powerful but I want you to think that you're sitting up on your sit bones at the front as you slide forwards rather than with your hips tucked back like kind of rolled backwards so you want to be up on your sit bones and that kind of primes you ready for the next stroke if you just think about being up on your sit bones now let's flip to the other end of the stroke to discuss the biggest culprit for poorer posture and this may be one that's relevant to a lot of new rowers and it's what happens with your feet so at the back of the stroke what you want to do is finish your leg drive and then your body and arms come in like a fraction of a second afterwards but the important part is to get all of that leg drive into the machine before your body and arms even if it is just a fraction of a second and what that means is that you don't have to flick your toes up to stop yourself at the back of the stroke the amount of times I see people pushing and then yanking against the straps to stop themselves when they're going backwards it's all wasted energy but on top of wasted energy and the potential for injury what tugging on the foot straps of your feet does is it collapses your posture because as you do it you tug your hips automatically roll under you and your knees come up but your posture is ruined because you're tugging on the foot straps so don't do that right three more strokes so one two three let's go back up to 20 strokes a minute again and I will answer the question that I'm sure some of you are asking but surely if I don't 
stop myself with the foot straps, I'll never get back and forwards on the machine. Well, I will prove it to you by one foot out, second foot out. So there we go. Both of my feet are now out of the foot straps, yet I am quite happily rowing backwards and forwards using just the technique I've talked to you about. So you leg drive is finished, therefore you don't have any momentum that's shooting you off the back of the machine. But also, because I'm doing that release of the handle and the hip rock forwards, that is the momentum that carries me down the rail for the recovery once I bend my knees. So feet are out, I promise. It's not camera trickery. And if you listen to this in the podcast, trust me, my feet are out of the straps. So this way, I don't have the issue of my hips being forced backwards by the action of flicking my feet up to pull myself up the rail or just stopping at the end of the drive. So that's like a a danger warning if you're trying to work on a better posture and that rock of the over the hips from a one o'clock at the front to a living at the back. Maybe practice rowing with your feet out of the straps. But what I'd say is if you've never done it before, don't actually take your feet out, just loosen the straps so they're about I don't know, an inch looser than your feet. And that way, if you get it wrong in the drive, and you do end up flying off the back of the machine, then you can quickly flick your feet up to catch yourself. But they're not there as a a means to yank yourself up and down the rail. And then, once you get used to it, you can do what I'm doing and take your feet fully out. Uh, I only really go up to about 26 strokes a minute with my feet out the straps. After that, I kind of need them to be in there, just in case. But it's a great way to work on your technique it's a really super way to train your core because that point at the back there's still a tiny bit of momentum from your back and the arms pulling in which you have to brace against with your core so if you've got a powerful posture at the back of the machine with a braced core, it means you can hold that posture to then just rock up and over your hips for the recovery down the rail. All right, 30 seconds to go on this second batch of 20 strokes a minute. That was a quick 10 minutes. Hopefully you're still with me. But remember, if you have to come back to this row just to work on rowing for longer and longer, it's a great idea. Last stroke here, down to 18s from now. I mean, getting through that first 10 minute global overview of the stroke 
is always going to be useful for a way to start your row because there'll be like a checklist as I go through each stage of the rowing stroke and describe how your body should be you can just tick them all off one by one and then as you go further and further through the row you'll get into more of an unpacking of the stroke and to be honest it's only once you start to get fitter and stronger that you really need to start thinking this deep about the stroke that global overview in the first 10 minutes is pretty much enough for everyone all I'm doing now is focusing on the minutiae of it and the reasons why I say this so let's get back into it then so we've got the posture up in our sit bones with the forward lean and then as the drive happens when you push through the legs remember I said I want your arms to be straight so if you fight against the flywheel by grabbing too soon you're suddenly shifting the power away from your legs and into your biceps and shoulders which I don't know about you but when I look in the mirror I can tell my legs are a lot bigger a lot more powerful than my biceps and shoulders so what I want is to unload all of the power from my legs first and then add in the biceps and shoulders I don't think it takes a rowing expert to realise that if you can put twice as much power by doing legs and then finishing with your arms you're going to go faster and then when you add in that swing of the back so you drive with the forward lean and then then you swing back you get even more power however what you tend to see is a lot of people will get into the catch position correctly with that forward lean but when it comes to the actual drive they'll suddenly straighten up it's like they're perfect and then oh they just at the last minute the back flicks back before they even connect and suddenly they've lost 30% of the power that they could have in the stroke because your trunk has a lot of mass to it so that rock over the hips when you get the timing right adds a lot of power to your stroke and after all that's the efficiency part that I was talking about if you want to put in the most efficient use of power from your whole body so you put in all of your legs you use your back and then you finish powerfully with your arms so your arms aren't an afterthought I'm not saying don't pull with your arms what I'm saying is don't start by pulling with your arms finish by pulling with your arms and we'll talk about that a bit more in three strokes time as we move up to 20 strokes per minute okay last stroke here here we go 20 strokes a minute and that's us halfway through today's row so let's just cover arms 
a bit more clearly. Said how you get into the catch with straight arms. And I've just described how I want you to keep them straight as you drive out from the front. But the one thing I didn't recap was your, what your arms are like at the front. So straight, but relaxed. Okay, so I kind of make it similar to like a zombie. I don't know if you're doing an impression of a zombie. And they're all, uh, all kind of loose-shouldered. Uh. Don't see a tense zombie. So nice and loose and fingers open and relaxed like hooks over the handle. Okay, so you're not gripping the life out of the handle. You're just hooking over it, which keeps your hands slightly open to allow air to pass through, which helps with sweat and blisters, and also gives you a tiny bit more length on the machine. Like about, I don't know, centimeter maybe? Two centimeters? Just by having nice hooked fingers. But that allows the power from your legs to travel up through your powerful posture, through your shoulders, through your arms, and into the flywheel. Now, one thing I've discovered is that I never really talk about your arms at the point of connection. Obviously, there's a point when you catch the flywheel where things have to brace. Okay, so that loose zombie feeling gets a little bit tighter when you connect at the drive. However, as much as your muscles will connect, I still don't want you to tense up at the drive and fight the machine. If you're looking in a mirror, you'll see your muscles pop as you connect with the flywheel, but only towards the finish will you properly see all your muscles firing. If you can see your muscles rigid and tense through the recovery and the drive, you're probably wasting a lot of energy through excess tension. Although, you will look good, it's got to be said, if your muscles are rippling the whole time. Anyway, so, relaxed arms, loose hooked fingers, straight at the drive, and then, as you come to the finish, pull in. Now, the next thing to talk about is how you finish with the handle. I will describe the safe way, okay? Safe way is you keep it in a straight line from the front and you finish with the handle round about sternum height, okay? That engages your lats, a little bit of your pecs, but takes the strain off your forearms and shoulders. Right, three, two, one, let's go back to 18s. Ah, you think I'd forgotten there? So, handle at sternum height. 
is the simplest, safest way to finish. What do you do with your elbows? Well, some people, me included, send elbows straight through their sides. Tiny flare out to the sides, but pretty much straight through. What you'll see a lot of people, mostly on the water rowers, doing is they will flare their elbows out. Don't know how well you can see it in the video, but they come out to the sides. Sorry, podcast people, you have to imagine. So they go out, out. So the elbows don't really go through their sides. They finish pretty much perpendicular to their shoulders. For me, I think that puts excess force onto, yeah, onto my forearms and especially the tops of my shoulders. That kind of, that ball right at the top, I feel, yeah, is getting hit hard when I come out to the sides. But also, my wrist and forearms come into play as well. I really don't need them to be playing the game. What I want is my biggest muscles in use, which when I send behind my elbows through my sides, that means my lats are really dominant, my pecs get involved, and so do my biceps. I think I'd pick any one of them over my forearms. But then, here we go, the next finish that you'll see are people that want to get as much length of the chain out from the front of the machine as possible. So, they don't finish with the handle at sternum height. They finish much higher. And they also have a much deeper layback, which is the finish. So when I say 11 o'clock, but I'll put my feet, can I get my feet back in? Hang on, there we go. Another advantage of being in socks. So these people, when they finish with a huge layback, they go, okay, so again, podcast people you can't see this but I'm leaning a lot further back than 11 o'clock and I'm finishing with the handle above the top of my pec muscles pretty much in line with my shoulders which for me just my lower back is saying, I'm about to go into spasm. My forearms are like, what are you doing? And my biceps are saying, we've never moved this way before. It's not to say it's the wrong way to row, okay? Because there's guys I know who row like that, who are some of the fastest in the world. However, they are basically walking muscles and they've trained that way for so long their body can take that really aggressive force with the extra layback I really don't recommend it if you're new to rowing hence why I say this is the safe stroke that I talk about alright one more stroke here and let's go back up to 20s here we go There's lots to be discussed about 
the handle finish because we're talking about rowing on a Concept 2 and not real rowing. I don't think anyone, even those who are fast on a rowing machine, would say that finishing with a big layback and handle high is how you'd want to row on a boat. However, there is something to be said about putting in as much power to the machine for as long a chain pull as possible in order to go fast. But your body has to be able to deal with the extra forces on your body. Like I say, it's a great way to put your back into spasm and to tear a bicep if you're not used to it. So, let's flip to the other end of the machine and go back to the shins. Remember, I've not talked about them since the global overview. Do you remember what I said about shins? As you get to the front of the machine, you want your shins to be pointing vertically. So you don't want to go past vertical, which is over compressing. And you also don't want to be too far off vertical because then you're not giving yourself the whole range of your leg drive for the stroke. Now, what do you do if you just don't have the flexibility to get your shins to vertical? Well, first off, do some stretching, work on your flexibility. Next up, train yourself to be able to go a little bit further every time you row. And then finally, just take a quick look at your technique. There's a good chance if you can't slide into the right position to get your shins vertical, it could be back to that posture issue of your hips rolled backwards instead of being up on your sit bones. And the key for that is if as you come forwards, if you find the seat is banging off the front of the machine. That usually means that your hips are rolled backwards. And as you try and roll enough for your shins to be vertical, that's what whacks the seat off. Whereas if you sit up onto your sit bones, it's a lot easier to get that compression right at the front. But then, what if you're pretty sure you've got good posture, but you just can't get there? Well, this is where a post-it note comes in handy. So what you do is, in between rows, just get on the machine and roll forwards as far as your compression will allow you. And then use a post-it note, stick it on the rail, at that point. So that's as far as you can get. Then, kind of roll yourself forwards to the point you want to be, and put a post-it note there. Hang on, let's just count down the next six strokes. I'll continue the post-it notes in a second. It's very exciting. How will it finish? In three, two, one. Here we go, back down to 18s. This is the last of our 18 minute chunks. We've only got 10 minutes to go. So, what you should now have 
is two post-it notes on your rail. One where you can roll to and one where you want to roll to. Oh, bit too fast for the stroke rate there. That's better. And so what you do is the next time you're rowing, move your current distance, post a note, just a little bit closer towards your desired distance. And then row. And what you're looking for is the little click sensation that you'll feel every time you roll over that post-it note. So go forwards, click. And you know you've gone far enough because you felt the click that you rolled over the post-it. If you don't feel that little click from the post-it note, then you're not gone far enough. Ideally, what you want to feel is two clicks as you pass one and then you reach your desired point. But let's not go there yet. So anyway, so you just do that. Row a session. Try and make sure you get far enough. Then if you're happy, on the next session, move it a little further forwards towards your desired point. And basically keep on doing that until you catch up with where you want to be. And then the trick is to only roll as far as that click. You don't want to go any further. So you don't want to go past shins vertical. So you want to feel that click and then instantly drive off on the next stroke. you go to if you go well go past that point so your shins are past vertical the over compression leads to two issues for, for most people some people can make it work for them so I'm not saying everyone but what tends to happen is the angle of force changes when you're over compressed, which can lead to your back leaning too quickly, to you connecting with the flywheel too late to the arms, and with your butt sliding away from you before you even connect with the flywheel. Because what you want to do is as you drive with the legs, you want to connect instantly with the flywheel so that the whole distance of your leg drive goes into the machine. If your butt goes out halfway first, then you're losing half of your leg drive. And so if you overcompress at the front, what can happen is that your butt goes and then you finally connect, the rest of your body follows, but you've lost gigantic amounts of power. So you're best to not overcompress in the hunt for kind of more chain length. Because I mean, look, I'm shins vertical and my handle is right up at the throats of the machine. If I overcompressed, I actually have to bend my arms to stop the handle like smacking against the throat of the machine. And it's also slowed me, <laughs> slowed me right down. <laughs> right, three more strokes. One more stroke. And then let's take it up to 20 strokes a minute from now. For the last time. Five minutes to go. Well done. Good row today. Hopefully if you've 
been coming back to this row over time you'll have gradually got further and further through it and maybe this is the first time you managed to get into this last five minute chunk but there's no way you're stopping now five minutes to go if you've managed the last 45 minutes listening to me why would you give up now? so what's left? two things one really quick one and that's your head try and keep your head just looking at the monitor in front of you okay focus on it what you'll actually eagle-eyed viewers will see is I've got little Lego man strapped to the monitor at the back and what I do is I keep eye contact with him as I row and that keeps my head at a neutral position because what you don't want to do is look up at the sky and then look up at the sky because what happens is it promotes an early backswing when you send your head back first so try and keep it nice and neutral throughout the whole stroke it's almost as though you're in a tunnel that's slightly above your head and you don't want to bang your head off the tunnel a little bit of a rise is okay but not a huge one finally spoken a lot about the leg drive which is why it's at the end because hopefully I managed to get that through to you at the top of this row but make sure as you get to the front of the machine your legs are primed to push away so don't worry in order to get into that shins vertical position if your heels have to come very slightly off the foot plates that's fine don't let anyone tell you that you can't as long as you have a good posture at the front you're up on your sit bones and you're leaning in towards the front of the machine if a centimeter or so heel lift is what you need to get your shins vertical that's fine it's when you have to do it and you've got poor posture that's a no-no but when you want to start the leg drive make sure to slam those heels down okay so slam them down so that the force comes from your whole foot not just from your toes and the last thing about legs is your knees you see it quite a lot with people they have the knees kind of splayed out to the sides outside of their elbows which even demonstrating it then puts massive strain in your groin ow so if you imagine your two arms holding the handle create a bowl okay handle arm chest arm keep your knees inside that bowl and as you come to the front of the machine with shins vertical your knees will kind of tickle your armpit hair obviously I'm not saying you have armpit hair but you're not forcing your knees into your armpits they're just a little bit off so that if you did have armpit hair your knees would very lightly tickle them maybe just miss and that's it so in three strokes we're done two more one more stroke ta-da 50 minute row well done not only for completing a 50 minute row but also getting through a 50 minute lecture from me <laughs> right have a quick drink 
and then we'll do a two minute cool down. Ah, here we go then. So, I'm gonna do it around about 18 strokes a minute again. At a nice gentle pace, kind of almost like the warm up. In three, two, one, go. So this is just really to ease your body down. It's been a hard workout. Or a long workout. So even though this is at very much the same pace you are rowing at, this is just about easing yourself off, mentally disconnecting with the concentration you've just had for the past 50 minutes. Just gives you a chance to kind of address how you got on, gives your body a chance to just kind of ease off really, just instead of crashing to a stop, you're going to stop, have a quick drink, then do this just to kind of roller coaster yourself nicely into it. And it's just a good habit to always do some kind of a cool down after a row because there's rows that you really need a cool down for. And if you're in the habit of just finishing and climbing off the machine, it's not very good for you. That's when you seize and injury and fatigue sets in. So that's why this is important. Just enough connection with the legs and arms to make sure you're still rowing, but not enough to tire yourself out. So I expect you to be a good 20 seconds slower than you were doing the last set up in the main row. How are you for time? So that was my 50 minute technique row. I'm gonna have a series of long rows up here. I'm gonna record over the next couple of weeks. And I am gonna dedicate most of the time in those rows to talking about technique because it really isn't that it's that important that you constantly make sure you're there we go make sure that you're efficient in terms of energy expenditure and injury prevention okay so it's really really important that um you just think about it now i don't want you to be destructive thinking about it if you're not getting it right that you get negative about your rowing it's always a learning process. I have huge issues with an overlean at the front that I didn't even think about today, so I'm sure I did it the whole time. But you just, every now and then, if you can just think about a certain stage of your row and work on it, address it and go, oh, actually, you know what? I am tucking my hips under rather than actually being up on my sit bones. Because the difference is huge between being up on your sit bones and rolling your hips back for addressing the front of the machine. So even if you can just think about that, if you're pretty sure that you're coming to the front like this, then start to think about be in the front and even actually again podcast people can't see this but what I'm doing here from being slumped with my hips rolled back which is how a lot of people finish and actually start the front of the rowing stroke see if you just practice going from that to up and just rolling sitting up and rolling your hips forwards then even if you're not as pronounced as this then coming up into that position even if you're just kind of you tend to go to the front of like this a little bit just the difference between rocking up onto your sit bones with a powerful posture and just kind of sitting back onto the seat onto the, the meat of your butt. That difference is incredible. And just, I mean, I'll say it now, but just imagine someone's just stuck a carrot up your backside. You're sitting on this, they stick it up your backside and suddenly you're, and there you go. So you're, you're primed and you're, you don't want to snap the carrot because it's, whereas if you were down like this and you've got a carrot stuck up there. So that's the thing is that you've, if you even sit back and go, well, how do I tend to sit the front? And then the difference between coming up onto your sit bones, okay? So there you go. A little added extra tip at the end of all of that. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, do keep an eye out. We've done a 45-minute session so far. This is the 50. The next one will be 55 and 60, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, do keep an eye out of them. Obviously, I've got lots of legacy rows that range between 30 minutes to 60 for the longer stuff anyway. Whether it's part of a plan or not, you can still just pick it and do it. It doesn't matter whether you're on that plan or not. Um, and then there's the short, sharp, fast, um, high-intensity interval training sessions that you'll find on here. I think um, I am at around about 100, 100 videos now. So 
hopefully there'll be enough to keep you going and to keep you interested. Uh, so um, if you do any of them, please make sure and leave a comment, subscribe, etc. Um, and then remember there's the Facebook group that you can join as well. But of course I've gone on for so long that most of you hit stop by now because you're all like freezing cold and like, I'm off for a drink and a shower. So anyway, so I usually add a hashtag at the end of these rows just to kind of prove that you made it this far. Um, so this one is just hashtag long row. Okay, just a very simple one. Hashtag long row. So use that just to prove to me you made it to the end and no cheating and skipping to the end. Okay, thank you very much. I'll see you in the next one. Stay safe, be well, bye-bye. Ooh.